Eighth play of this drive for the Jets. As Darnold throws complete, Anderson, he walks it in for a Jets touchdown. 33 yards from Sam Darnold to Robbie Anderson. You are now listening to the Jet Stream, the official New York Jets podcast of Gotham Sports Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Jet Stream, the official New York Jets podcast of Gotham Sports Network. My name is Andrew Claudio. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, whatever you're celebrating. We hope you're enjoying the holiday season and a happy new year. This is most likely going to be the last pod we do together in 2018. Uh, and unfortunately, it's going to be off a Jets loss. Uh, although I guess it depends on what side of the tanking argument you are. Uh, fortunately, it's off a Jets loss. And it was definitely off a thrilling Jet game on Sunday. The Jets losing 44-38 to in overtime to Aaron Rodgers. That bad man! And the Green Bay Packers. Uh, but the quarterback looked incredible. And joining me, as always, to break it all down and talk all about the New York Jets over the past week is the one and only Jesse Finder. Jesse, happy holidays, buddy. Happy holidays, my man. You have a good Christmas? I did. You saw I maybe got my favorite Christmas present in the history of Christmas. My parents I, got me a I, Michael I, I, Jordan Toon Squad jersey. And yes. I cannot wait for summer now because that's just going to be me at the beach with a pair of beats on and wearing my MJ tank top. I can't wait. So Yeah. And I saw it. Wait, was it you who posted a Twitter uh, picture of David Wright? No. <laughs> oh, yeah, no? yeah. Okay, yes, yes, yes. I also got a framed <laughs> photo of David Wright with that. I was like, wait, I posted a picture of David Wright? Oh, no, I also yeah. got a framed uh, shout out to our friends at Poster Burner. My parents used our promo code to get that done. So I I got a framed photo of Wright leaving the field for the last time to add to my, my wall of collections in my room. So worked out perfect. Um, Absolutely. Did Santa get you anything? Um, we did a dirty Santa at work and I got that like thing when you're sitting at the toilet and like there's like a putting green in front of you and you okay. can putt while you're sitting so you I got wasn't there. To do I wasn't there. No, but I wasn't there for the Dirty Santa. I had mm -hmm. to go out in a story. So they played for me, and like mm. one of the like one of the guys I'm friends with at work like played for me, and that's what he won for me. So yeah, I did Dirty Santa at my my church, and almost ended up with a Trump pull string doll. <laughs> yeah, shout out to my church. Anyway, uh, let's talk about football, Jesse. Yeah. Uh, your reaction. Going into the into overtime, right? It's not even overtime when it was clear Aaron Rodgers was coming back late in the game, and we're, I guess my question is more: as you were watching the game, were you rooting for Rodgers to come back? Did you want to see Darnold get a, get a much deserved win out of this? Like, basically, what were your emotions you know, during the fourth quarter as the Packers were coming back? It changed. It was moment to moment with me. Um, you know, like one moment I really wanted the Jets to win the game because like when they were on offense and Darnold was moving the ball, I was like, this is awesome. Like, let's go. Let's win this game. And then when Rodgers comes out and he starts slinging it in the fourth quarter and coming back, I'm like, well, this is kind of what's bet. Like this is 
this is what's best. Like mm-hmm. this, this, this kind of does need to happen. The Jets do need to lose this game because going into the game, everybody wrote this off as a loss. You know, um, I, I know we did. Uh, every expert did, but I, I really think. I mean, it, it, this this game was close because of Sam Darnold, and that made me really want the Jets to win it. But like I said, in the end, what happened was was for the best. Yeah. Yeah, I actually have an interesting experience of how I watched this game. So shout out to the NFL social media and digital media team because what they do with every game that is played is they create a a 10 to 12 minute highlight video of the actual game which gives you every important play. I didn't watch the game live on Sunday, Jesse. I watched it. I, I turned off all my notifications in, on my phone and made sure I didn't get anything. And I went right to that video and watched it in 11 minutes. Any, yeah, you didn't miss anything. because I didn't miss anything important. Re- realistically, all you need to watch, like th- a football game, like there's like only like 15 minutes of action the entirety of the game. Right. But now yeah. imagine a, a very sped up version of it where I'm all of a sudden watching the Jets up 35-20 and – a minute later, it's the Jets are down 38, 35. And that must have been watch, exhilarating. <laughs> it was the probably the most exciting YouTube video I watched in the month of December. Not that I watched an insane amount of YouTube videos. And from I don't know if I guess it's different because the biggest complaint that I saw is that the refs were horrible. I know Bull said that thing about you can't play both. The, it felt like we were playing both the Packers and the refs. I Ugh. think I, I have two things to say about Bulls saying that. First of all, like shut up. Like, like, you had ample opportunities to win that game if you actually were trying to. So, I, I don't like, like the conservative play calling that you did in the early first half, and then letting Aaron Rodgers get the ball back. Like, if that was actually your concern, you would have made sure that you didn't get Aaron Rodgers the ball back. Um, and we've waited what four years to see personality out of you. Now that you know you have two games left, you're gonna quiet your cr- uh, cry and whine. About the referees, yeah, um, yeah, I I have no time for that. But my, I guess that was the biggest complaint: seventeen penalties. My observation of watching a a an accelerated version of this game is that a the Jets have a quarterback. I just plain and simple, the throws, the chemistry that he now has with Robbie Anderson and Chris Herndon, and even Elijah McGuire might have actually turned into a weapon uh, as some some a, a very a downgraded version or a a, a cheap version of a yeah. on Bell. <laughs> you he's know, patient. Someone... he's a pa- he has similar style. I mean, it's not the they don't not, they don't have the same build per se. A back you know, that McGuire. can catch balls yeah. in the backfield and turn a four yard screen into a sixteen yard reception. Yeah, you know, he's shifty. He's he's a solid. He, he's a, he's one of McCagnan's better picks. Uh, that he's had yeah. in his tenure as Jets my, general manager. My thing is, I, I saw that the Jets finally have weapons, and shout-out to Jeremy Bates, also knowing he's got two more games left as the OC, for opening up the playbook a bit. Now yeah. you actually get to see what this quarterback does when he has some weapons and has a creative offense. You know, uh, I, mean, I got nothing again, but positives on the offensive side of the ball, Jesse. Yeah, once again, um, though, I don't want to give Bates credit because a lot of what Darnold was doing was of his own volition. You know, he was getting out of the pocket, scrambling, making plays. Um, you know, 
this is this is an anomaly from Bates. This, yeah. this if, if it is an anomaly at all, it, like I I don't know how to evaluate Bates right now because from what I, everything I've seen this season, he's been absolutely god awful. But the past three weeks, Sam Darnold has looked really really good, uh, and and in my opinion, I think it's more it's significantly more on Darnold than Bates. Uh, simply because a lot of these plays are breaking down. The Jets' offensive line is not good right now. When you have Brent Quavle or however you pronounce his name playing right tackle, you know, you're you're not doing the, you're not doing good on the offensive line front right now. So the, we, we what we've seen is a lot of uh, Sam scrambling, making plays with his legs, and, and throwing on the run. Um, he had a throw uh, rolling on his offhand on to his who his left and threw it over the defender like 25 yards downfield on a dime. I forget the specific play who it was to. I think it might've been Herndon. Uh, I mean, that's special stuff right there. You know, that's not, that's not Jeremy Bates calling the plays. That's special stuff. So that that's my thought on Bates. I think that it was more Darnold uh, as for bulls and the penalties. So, all right, you watch this game in, in 11 minutes, yeah. which is, which is, is really, you, you, it didn't give me a, a flow for the game, so I didn't get to see like every penalty. You yeah, know? you know, it was it was really bad, Andrew. Um, it, I've never seen. I don't think I've ever really seen the Jets. I don't think I have because it really has. They've never really been this bad. I'm pretty sure it was a record for most yards, penalty yards they uh, they've had in the game. Uh, it was 16 penalties for 172 yards. It, it was. That's basically this, two so, touchdowns. Some of them. Some of them were bad. But I would say the vast majority were on like like those were, they were legitimate penalties. They were false starts. They were holding calls. They were bad penalties, pass interference calls. Some of them were really bad pass interference calls, but the majority of those calls were the right ones. And I mean that's on Todd Bowles. And Todd Bowles can blame the refs all he wants for the loss. But at the end of the day, I mean, he's just trying to save his job. Uh, he, he knows that the writing is on the on the wall. You know, you don't blow these games against the te- the, te- the Texans and the Packers at home and expect to keep your job. You know, and and you don't and you don't and you don't lose six games in a row before that and expect to keep your job and lose 33 games in three years and expect to keep your job. I mean, mm-hmm. he he knows he's done. Um, and and if things went if things go correctly, McCagnan should be gone too. That's a different discussion. Um, so, I- just devil's advocate. Because I agree, he should be gone, and I, I hope he's gone in a couple of weeks. But I feel like as we look back on the 2018 season, you have the Browns game week three. Mm-hmm. You have the Dolphin game uh, in Miami uh, when they lost 13-6 to Brock Osweiler. You have the Tennessee game when you blew a fourth-quarter lead. You have the Packer game you blew a fourth-quarter lead. You have the Texan game where you blew a fourth-quarter lead. Um. I guess not necessarily to play devil's advocate, but there is a world where, with better coaching, this Jets team and the lack of talent that they have, there's five more wins on the on the schedule. Like I, I just laid it out. They could be nine and six headed into Week 17 if, with better coaching. So I think throughout the season, as we've recapped these games, the biggest thing we come back to is one stupid coaching decision, one careless conservative play call you know at like, least a lot of this has fallen on the coach and look it, i basically just described the nfl everybody is four to seven points apart from each other and sometimes sometimes you go nine and seven sometimes you go three and 13 um yeah i gotta think they've already told bulls this is your last game on sunday right um 
yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, if they haven't, then it, like, I, I keep on telling myself that he's like, it, it's a foregone conclusion that he's mm-hmm. gone, you know, but this is the Jets we're talking about. You know, this is our first real off season where like things are going to change with Christopher Johnson at the helm. Which is what's scaring you know? me, Jesse. The fact because that it's, I it's haven't heard unknown. a rumor yet that this will be his last game as le- as as leaky and uh, well, there have been rumor, and- but I haven't heard anything. To, like, how is it not leaked yet that th- this is going to be Todd Bowles' last game on Sunday? I well, figured we would have known by now. Christopher Johnson's professional, I think. And I mean, Todd Bowles, like, he's a human being, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, fire him the, the Monday after, like, on Black Monday. Right. I you know? guess. Yeah, that, that's when you do it. But I, I think that when you see these reports of uh, Jim Harbaugh. Um, let's get into that now, I guess. Yeah. Get in, yeah, because because when you see those reports, that means you know uh, when when Florio is reporting on something, something's brewing. So the official you know? report is that the Jets are going to make a run at Jim Harbaugh, even though he has said he has no interest in returning back to the NFL. I mean, yeah, there's a and there's a lot to unpack with this because he makes seven million dollars a year right now in Michigan, and the Jets said they're going to make a run at him and offer him something substantially higher. Um, I don't know what substantially is to the Jets. Um, but I mean, you're not going to get them unless it's at least 12 mil a year, like at least the you very don't think minimum. He'd come on a four-year deal for 40 million. No, no, no. He'd no need way. like a Gruden contract. He would need a. Yeah, he would need. He, he would need like a like a, a six or seven-year deal, like 12 to 13 a year, and complete control of the organization if he were to come. I don't even want to give him that. Gone. Bowles would be gone. He'd have complete control of the roster. He would be a Belichick, you know? I don't necessarily want to give him that. Do you? So, all right, I have a lot of opinions on Jim Harbaugh. All right, let's get him. A, Let's hear him. I, because I'm a Penn State fan, and we play him every single year. Um, you know, it. he's perplexing because he had so much success at Stanford and Nevada and, and in San Francisco um, building those teams, but it seems like the NFL is kind of passing him by a little bit because unless he has Andrew Luck, I mean, it, all he does is run the ball and, and play under center when the league is trending in the opposite direction. You know, he likes to play really good defense, which is what he had with the 49ers, great linebackers, you know, like he had Patrick Willis and, and Navarro Bowman. And, uh, and when he, when he's at Michigan, he has Devin white, you know? Um, so, so it, and Rashawn Gary at, on the, in the front, he's focused on the defense and running the ball, which is more Todd Bowles, mm. you know, and that's, and that's something that I do not want. Now, when he was with Andrew Luck doing that worked because Andrew Luck was good enough where the play action opened everything up for him at Stanford. And it still does in, uh, uh, in Indianapolis, excuse me. Um, you know, or did they, they spread the ball out more, but even so, I mean, it, that works when you have a really great quarterback, but it's not like uh, he's working with gold when he when you're talking about Shea Patterson. You know that you're not comparing Shea Patterson to a Sam Darnold or a, or an Andrew Luck. So maybe it would work, but I really just don't. I, I think that his style is more Todd. Well, it would be just more of Todd Bowles. It would be a headache because all we would hear it would be a media circus, which would cause a headache. And if he doesn't win right away it's going to go downhill really fast. Yeah. I, I would rather go with somebody maybe a, a little less heralded, you know, and uh, somebody, there are good coaches out there that we haven't heard about that we can get, that the jets can get and can grow with and build 
Sam Darnold's career with. Yeah. And I, I would rather not go the Jim Harbaugh route. Well, that's why I keep going back to why I don't want Mike McCarthy and why I don't want Mike Tomlin or anybody else that yeah. just a guy, I know what his ceiling is. I see, like, Mike Tomlin won a Super Bowl with Bill Cowher's roster. And uh-huh. then throughout time, they've drafted well, and yet he's still, this would be like, he's I feel like he's more of a Mark Jackson type in that how are you not winning championship after championship with the talent with we've the, given you? Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And, like, it's even more so with Mike McCarthy. They I may swear. not make the playoffs this year. Like, why in the world would you ever well, want to hire that? Wait, wait, they have that much talent, and they're not going to make the playoffs, and then you want the Jets to go out and hire him yeah. and, and give him even less talent and expect to make the playoffs? What world are we living in right now? Well, that makes sense. I agree with you. I agree with you about Tomlin. I will say Le'Veon Bell not playing it down this year has to— James Conner has been fantastic. And then he got hurt, and now now look at him. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, not having Le'Veon Bell And and Jalen Samuels ran for 150 yards two weeks ago. Like, the guy is still—like, he's still playing well. The running back hasn't really even tailed off that much. It's just for some reason they can't win games because of him. Sorry, not for some reason. He is the reason. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, listen, they never should have lost to the Raiders. That's probably their biggest loss. The tie against the Browns, even, is what's yeah. going to cost them the playoffs. Um, I'm with you on Mike Tomlin. I, I've seen enough. I just, I have enough Steeler fans in my life that hate him to know I don't want him because I, I, I've hated a coach in the past and I, I wouldn't want that. Like I've, they also feel they should have made multiple championship games and. I also just don't think he knows how to develop a quarterback. And the same thing goes even more so for Mike McCarthy. This isn't any narrative of he's not good or he's, you know, he wasted Aaron Rodgers' prime. This is more of just the concept of his whole career. He had Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers when he was a head coach. You don't need to develop that. That is God-given talent that you could just worry about everything else. And I'd rather have a guy like a Cliff Kingsbury or – a Lincoln Riley or one of these offensive coordinators that really just has innovated the college style offense into the NFL. I'd rather have a guy that knows how to develop a quarterback. Uh, in yeah, this absolutely. Like, I mean, it would never happen because they, they gave all this money to Garoppolo, but if Shanahan ever came, became available, you know, like that was the guy I would have loved to see become the Jets head coach because what he did yeah. with Matt Ryan. He's never becoming available. Right. But, but Unfortunately, yeah. a, a they've, committed, they've committed to this. Like, like what, what are you doing Nick Mullins over the past three weeks? They might actually be able to get like a third Nick or fourth round great. pick for hey, Nick Mullins. Hey, don't be talking smack about Nicky Mullins, all right? I'm sorry. Nicky, Nick Mullins is the all-time leading passer at Southern Miss, yeah. and you will put some respect <laughs> on his name. All right. Uh, then the Jesse all of a sudden is from native from Mississippi, lived there a friggin' year. So, all right. So, um, continuing this conversation about coaches, real quick. But I'm also with you on Harbaugh, though. I don't yeah. want to just. I, I, I still have PTSD from giving Phil Jackson the keys to my my favorite yeah. team, to then turn around and do the same thing on a guy who hasn't coached a game in the NFL for three years and has done nothing but. I don't want to say fail because there's such a, a small margin for error in college football. Oh, no, they're failures. They're failures. I, he's he lost, won a big what, nine games in four years? He was, he was supposed to win a Big Ten title before Penn State even had a winning record. 
again. But doesn't it and all come down to we recruiting? Already, we already have a Big Ten title. But doesn't yeah, it gets, all come down to recruiting? He gets great recruiting classes. <sighs> all right, fair. I I still think it's Trust the me, guy went to a Super is, Bowl with Colin Kaepernick. Under, he is severely underperforming in college. At yes, right now. I don't know. Severely. All right. So I just don't want to give that much control to one person. That's my thing. So let me. I'm going to give you a list of names. Go ahead. All right. And here we go. Cowboys defensive backs coach and passing game coordinator Chris Richard. No. Chargers offensive coordinator Ken Wisenhut. Maybe. Ken Wisenhut. Maybe. The guy went to a Super Bowl with Kurt Warner. Steelers offensive line coach Mike Munchak. No. Patriots offense coordinator Josh McDaniels. If he'll do it. Former Packers head coach Mike McCarthy. No. Fuck all the way out of here. Um, Ken Wisenhunt is intriguing. Um, well, not, uh, I got more names. Okay. Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric uh, Benamy. Mm, I'd like to learn more about him, but we're getting warmer. Patriots linebackers coach Brian Flores. No. Jim Caldwell. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. So, no. in order to get hired in the NFL, there, there, an article came out on, on Pro Football Talk on NBC Sports mm-hmm. uh, discussing the fact that there are these search firms, right? Yeah. These, these teams will hire search firms. There's only one team that, that, that needs a head coach that hasn't hired a search firm, uh, and that is the Packers. Um Basically, like these, like search firms are handing out packets of head coaches and giving them tiers. So what I just read to you was tier one, and those are the coaches that the Jets will most likely be looking at. The Jets are going to get a packet of coaches, and they're going to be like, "These are the coaches in tier one, and you want to go after these guys." And there are some really good coaches in tier two. Like this doesn't make like a lot of sense to me, to be honest. Um, and if, if you want to look at the list, Chris Nimbley on Twitter took screenshots of it and you can look at it for yourself. The guys like Dennis Allen, who's Saints defensive coordinator, uh, Gus Bradley, Dan Campbell. I've heard a lot of people talking about Dan Campbell oh, for a head coaching job. I'm out Not, on no. Dan Campbell too. No, 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 no. Not, all right. That's, um, I'm pretty sure it's his brother who's the head coach of the Falcons. Dan Campbell is the Saints assistant head coach and tight ends coach. Right. He used to be the, he was the interim head coach down in Miami for like five games. He's another oh, one of these. That- it's that guy? I yeah. thought that it was... Okay, all right. So, yeah. Uh, Dan no, so Campbell was the Miami coach that came in with the greatest opening press conference ever, and then you found out quick, oh, he has no clue what he's doing. All right, yeah. never mind. So, so Dan Campbell, um, Vic Fangio, Bears defensive coordinator, really hot. Uh, he'd be a very hot candidate. Uh, Ravens defensive coordinator, Don Martindale, and then Bear, Bucks offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin who's going to be a really hot uh, commodity this offseason too. The, the, um, the Chiefs offensive coordinator, I forget what his name is, but you said it. He intrigues me because of how they've developed Mahomes. Uh, they need to surround him with weapons, and lo and behold, they... Okay, so let me ask you real quick before we move on. Um, are we morally ready to have the conversation about whether we want Kareem Hunt on our team next year? Do we want to be the team that gives Kareem Hunt the second chance at the NFL? No, I don't. I don't think we want to. I don't think we want to get involved in that circus. Why? 
Isn't the isn't football all about finding value in certain places? And what's going to be more valuable than a twenty four year old running he would back? Need, he would need to do a lot. He would need to go to therapy. He would need to do uh, community service. He would need mm. to show that he's that he's uh, acknowledged his mistakes and 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 made up for them. Um, he would need to have t- uh, talked to his accuser and have uh, them forgive him. I mean, there'd have to be so many different things that would have had to have happened for me to be okay with with signing a guy who kicked a, a defenseless woman uh, in a hotel lobby. Uh, right, so I also, just we also differ on how the story went then too. Um, I mean, it was I, I know I know exactly what happened. Right, um, so do I, which is why I yeah. I actually I know, think you know, he's being was, more made an example of than. I think that you this know. girl was completely in the wrong, um, banging on his door for a half an hour, yelling obscenities at him. Right. Uh, incredibly disrespectful obscenities. Uh, I, I understand why it happened, but at the same time, this is a business. And he's right. a, As in a business, aren't you supposed a, to find value in certain places? And what's more valuable than that? Uh, positive marketing. You don't want to be your team. We're giving this kid a second chance. You want to be the team that like the the Washington Redskins are being absolutely destroyed. That is a complete, that is an actual domestic violence incident. What Kareem Hunt's biggest issue and biggest mistake was. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it was an actual domestic violence incident. It's, it's what's in the public's eye. And the public, right, and you can change it quickly Hunt. with time. And like the biggest thing, the biggest issue I had with what happened with Kareem Hunt and what he did, is why are you in that situation? I was more upset that, what, wh- how did you find yourself here? I have less of a problem with what happened than why it happened. You know, I looked at this as a twenty-four-year-old made a stupid mistake in the middle of the night. And listen, what he did was abhorrent and. Horrific, I guess, but at the same time, this wasn't. This was a. We only caught a portion of the video and a portion of the incident, and at the end of the day, if the Jets aren't gonna hire him, somebody else is going to. And if the whole point of football is to find value in the margins, and See, like it, you're it, able to the, sign the, him cheap and then spend money on the offensive, like I do get what you're the saying. The NFL is very fickle. When it comes, not the league itself, but like teams are very fickle when it comes to uh, determining what's okay and what isn't. You know, like Ray Rice, that was abhorrent and it was awful what he did, um, but he never got a second chance. But, but why did he Joe, get a second Joe, chance? But, he was but, a 31 year old running back. But, but, but Joe Mixon knocked a girl out in college and he still got drafted. Right. You know, so different Three teams kill. value. Tyreek Hill, yeah, different teams value different things. Um, I, I guess the Chiefs um, thought. I mean, yeah, the fact that Tyreek Tyreek Hill is still on the Chiefs when Kareem Hunt isn't is pretty crazy because yeah. t- what Tyreek Hill did was actual. When you say when you when you say actual domestic violence, uh, it wasn't uh, an altercation in a hotel. Yeah, um, it's not like this was like a, a girlfriend of Kareem Hunt's. This was just a random girl. Um, so it was it was assault. I'll say that it was definitely assault and it wasn't okay. Um, but it's a little different than what Tyree Kill did. It's a little different than what Ray Rice did. Obviously. Um, so I, yeah. I, oh, I would, probably would. I would be curious to see if you don't want to spend the the boatload of money that it's going to take to get Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, if you, if you find, because like that's the thing, Kareem Hunt's a free agent, and he's right now would be the second best running back available. I get the baggage that comes with it, but in a world where we don't ask our football team to have 
like to be the moral compass and just do what it takes to win games. And we're just rooting for laundry, not for the moral character of football teams. If in the business world you're supposed to find value in the margins, the value you could get for Kareem Hunt over Le'Veon Bell is there. All right, that's fa- that's fine. That's all fine and dandy. But also, at the end of the day, I just don't think the Jets will do it. Um, that I, is I, the bigger that that I, at the end of the day is I, what you're right about. I don't yeah, think Chris Johnson wants any part of this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, like the other day, they came out and said they were going to be donating money to charities that with, with, uh, relating to abuse. I'm pretty sure something along those lines. Um, but he, they gave a lot of money away. Um, yeah. And, I think Chris, Christopher Johnson has made it clear that he, uh, a guy of Kareem Hunt's uh, stature, uh, doesn't matter how good he is, uh, he probably won't be tolerating a domestic or a, an abuser of any sort or, or um, on this team. So No, that I agree with. Um, all right, let's get on to lo- lighter stuff, I guess. Yeah, uh, notes. We talked about the head coach. We talked about the game on Sunday and the coaching search. Uh, Tremaine Johnson, what happened? Uh, we don't know. Nobody knows what happened. Well, you know with more him. than I do. So what so, do you uh, know that happened? There, There is a picture circulating on Twitter right now of Tremaine Johnson. Uh, you can go to his Instagram. It's up. You can look at it. Uh, the first comment you'll see is from Jamal Adams. And it was like, ah, oh, so that's why you were late yesterday. Or that's why you were late today. Um, but that was, that was, Posted yesterday and commented yesterday, so I don't think that picture has anything to do with what's going on. Um, it very well could, but I don't think that Jamal Adams is the type of guy to put his teammate, especially a guy who plays in the secondary with him, on blast like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't think it has anything to do with what happened today. But at the same time, we also just don't even know what happened today. Um, Todd Bowles said it was an in-house manner, um, and that he like sat at a like they sat him at a practice, which like is that punishment? Like I don't. I don't know. <laughs> like, um, so uh, they sat him out of practice. Uh, great punishment, Todd. Uh, and then uh, he might play on Sunday. Who knows? Um, but does it matter? I, most definitely not. Because um, <laughs> this game, all that matters is whether it's not Sam Darnold plays well. Mm. Yes, it would be nice if Tremaine Johnson started living up to his $72.5 million contract that he signed this off, this past offseason. Amazing. But, but I mean, who cares? You know, I mean, he's just a—he's just a guy that the Jets will just be paying, and he'll have no impact. And no, realistically, I mean, the Jets would probably look to try and get another, like, an elite wide, uh, elite cornerback this offseason. Um, if there's somebody available in the draft, they can get that can step up, um, or tr- or trade or sign in free agency because yeah. Tremaine's looking like more of a, a, a CB two than a CB one. Oh, that they took the words right out of my mouth. This feels like. This feels like, you know when in baseball where if the market for starting pitching is light, the best available pitcher gets an insane contract? Like There's one yeah. year where, I'm going to throw a name at you, you probably either don't know or haven't heard in a while, Gil Mesh. Uh, he was a starter. Yeah, he, was a, he was a starter in the majors in the late 2000s, and there was one year where the pitching market was so bad, it was like him and Russ Ortiz were the only two big free agents. And Gilmesh got a eighty million dollar contract, or just a huge contract. Oliver and, Perez, exactly like Oliver Perez. I think she actually was that off season, where like Oliver Perez got forty million dollars for being the second best pitcher available. But it was still Oliver Perez. Jermaine Johnson seems to have benefited from a weak corner 
market. And so as a result, even though he's a CB2, just decided we're going to give you all of our money. And now they realize we have a CB2. Take all my money. Now we have to go draft a corner. Um, Yeah, the Jets have a lot of draft needs, uh, which I guess leads into our second to last topic. Rich Samini wrote an article advocating for the return of Mike McCagney. We don't want to get into it too much because Jesse and I have made it clear Mike McCagney has to go. But Jesse, your thoughts when you saw this headline? I mean, it's just it's just ridiculous. Like, why is he being this shill for the NFL and for the Jets? Like, Rich is, Rich is usually one of the more cynical beat writers. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was just completely out of left field, and I felt like it needed to be discussed because this was completely out of character of him. Um, I have no idea why he thinks uh, – like, like I, after even reading it, I still don't understand, like, what his – his thought process was on why he thinks that this guy deserves a chance after he's missed out on so many picks. It looks like Leonard Williams is a bust. He's missed out on so many late round picks and he's very rarely hit on guy. Like it's very easy to be able to hit on Jamal Adams. Like it's pretty clear that that kid was going to be a stud and I'm not counting Sam Darnold because that was a need, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, Leonard Williams was just the best. Like it's, it's really easy to draft best available and that's really what he's done. He's hit on, it looks like Chris Herndon and Eli McGuire, Sam Darnold, and Jamal Adams. But let's not forget that he also drafted Christian Hackenberg. All right? <laughs> like, this guy drafted Jesse Christian Hackenberg. Jesse will never let us forget that he Tyler like, Boyd was taking, like, two picks after him. Was taking, like, two picks after him. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure there was another, like, all, like, there was an all-pro player that got taken right after him. Hold on. I need to go back and find. I mean, this was oh, – Here we go. This made me, this made me so mad. Well, okay, Jesse – we have made it clear on this pod we are not Mike McCagney fans. I think the only argument for him staying is exactly what you just said. He drafted the quarterback, and maybe he's earned himself an extra year and at least one more draft to build around the quarterback that he drafted. Uh, that he also that he traded up for. Um, but we'll see. I would be okay if they traded, uh, if they got rid of the. McCagnan, I I personally think with a good coach, you could actually find some value in his draft picks. Um mm-hmm. no, but no, no, there's also the there's also the indefensible about? like Christian Hackenberg, like you said, that do, do, do you want it do you want to do you want to get really angry What's right up? now? Do, ahead, do you want to get really angry? <clears throat> do you know do you know who was drafted right after Christian Hackenberg? Who? Dion fucking Jones. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, so he's gotta go. It's fine. He uh, has to go, dude. He's got to go. Okay. Jesse is go. out on Mike McCagnan. Um, I think I am too. I, I I keep going back to, yes, you have to put some – like John Idzik, it was clear he had to go. I yeah, still absolutely. I still put a lot – because I think Idzik had a really good head coach that found value in any roster you gave him, and Rex then – Idzik wanted Rex gone, so he gave him a, a four. Uh, he gave him a two-win team, and Rex still won four games out of that team, and was going to fire him and get his own head coach. I think McCagney. Right? I thought they won eight games that year. But that's that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. He gave him a four-win team. Rex won eight. Then the next year, he gave him a two-win team. Rex won four, yeah. and they decided <laughs> we're going to get rid of both of you because this is clearly not working, and yeah. people are flying planes over practice. With banners that say "Fire Idzik," because uh, we loved Rex and we wanted to see them try to go for it, not try to sabotage him so we can get it out of here. Um, 
let's get into the last week of the season. We'll wrap up with this. Yeah. Because I'm actually confused. And shout out to the fake news media that has just not done their job figuring out how the Jets can get the number one seed. Uh, or the number one pick. Because here's the way it stands right now. The Jets are tied at 4-11 and with the San Francisco 49ers and the Oakland Raiders. Right now, the Jets would be the number three pick if the season ended right now because of their strength of schedule. Here's the problem. The Jets are 4-11 and and their strength of schedule is .506. The San Francisco 49ers are 4-11 and and their strength of schedule is .504. So there is a .002 difference between the Jets' strength of schedule and the San Francisco's strength of schedule. The Jets play the New England Patriots, who if they win, a, if, they, if the Patriots win, are 11-5. and five. The San Francisco 49ers play the Rams? Oh, they, oh, this actually makes it easier. I don't know. They play the Rams. I was looking at the Cardinals. The Cardinals play the Seahawks. So I think it's safe to say the Cardinals are going to lose. So they'll and be 3-13. The, the Cardinals are going to have the number one pick. Having said that, if the Rams beat the Niners, they're 14-2. and two. So then why wouldn't that make their strength of schedule like better than the Jets? Like why no, doesn't that th- compensate they'd be for the and, they'd be they'd be 13-3. Fine, 13-3. and three. Regardless, it's still two more wins than the Patriots at 11-5. and five. Shouldn't that make up for the .002? And shout out to Tankathon and ESPN.com and NFL.com. For nothing, because nobody has told me if that makes up for the .002 that the Jets need to make up. I think it all depends on like all the other teams. Like, wouldn't it, what doesn't your strength of schedule factor in every single team that you've played right. and who they've played? Uh no, it's just the strength of. I I thought strength of schedule used to be combined opponents' records, so it literally was just a combined record of who you played. Which is what I thought the point five zero zero two was. Is like, that what if another team that they've the played team, strength it's a winning of, percentage? You know, what? If, what if like the uh, the Seahawks? So like the Sea. Um, it, I don't know. Like, what if one of the teams the 49ers played um, earlier in the season? They won a game they weren't supposed to, like the Raiders win or something. I don't know, something like that. And and that boosts their overall strength of schedule and gives the Jets the edge. Like it doesn't That's it a good point. incorporate yeah. doesn't it incorporate the other teams that you play as well because they're who they play also factors into what their strength of schedule is, which also factors into what your strength of schedule is. Right. So if like both the bill, like, so if the, well, okay. Yeah. The bills and dolphins are playing each other on Saturday. So yeah. one of those teams is going to win. Therefore, I guess it cancels each other out. Cause one team is going to get worse and one team is going to get better. Yeah. But like, the, like Cleveland, if Cleveland wins and beats Baltimore, like that helps the jets. Right. You know, the jets haven't played Baltimore, but, but, they, but they play Cle- Cleveland. Yeah, exactly. So that'll help the Jets. You know? Guys, you see what we're working with? Like, nobody's try. I guess at the end of the day, what this comes down to is we're not going to know, if, like, right now how the Jets can get the number impossible. two pick. Yeah, it's impossible. The only way we're going to be able to do it, to figure it out, is if San Francisco wins and the Jets lose, the Jets have the number two pick in the draft. At least, yes. Right. So... Like that that's really all I have for you is that the Jets will at best be the number two pick in the draft because I see no scenario where the Seahawks lose to the Cardinals. Yeah, there's I mean Also just real Yeah, you quick. know no, they could because because Seahawks just clinched a spot in the playoffs. They could just rest all their guys, you know. Right, but I okay, that's actually a good point. It's chaos. 
We have no idea what's going to happen, and that makes the NFL great. I guess with strength of schedule, the Cardinals could move down past the Jets. If the, oh my there is God. a there is a scenario where the Jets can get the number one overall pick. That would oh be something. God. A four win team getting the number one overall pick. Do you think that's ever happened before? It's absolutely happened. the The NFL hasn't always been this crappy. I promise you. Um. Hmm. Anyway. Um. So with the Jets. Here's where I stand right now with all mock drafts and what I want from the Jets in the NFL draft. Um, I want Nick Bosa. Like, if they get number one, I want Nick Bosa. Uh, if he's there I, I, at two or three, I obviously want Nick Bosa. See, like, I don't get, like, this Nick Bosa love. Like, when, when Ed Oliver is the best player in college football. Uh, isn't Ed Oliver... Uh, he's an interior defensive lineman. Right, he's a defensive tackle. I would rather go with an edge rusher. Yeah, dude, he's he's Aaron Donald. Like, that's how good he is. I mean, and if nobody's, he's fine, I... Nobody, nobody's talking about him for some reason. He's the best player in college football. I just know... So I haven't done my YouTube deep dive on Ed Oliver. I have just only oh. done it on Nick Bosa. Maybe now gonna, I'll do it on gonna, Ed Oliver. You're uh, I know Quinn and Williams and, and Farrell out of Clemson and... Uh, I mean, he's a linebacker, but you got Josh Allen as well. Uh, my thinking in this is if Nick Bosa isn't there and there's no edge rushers, um, I want to trade out of the pick and trade down. And well, I mean, if, if Nick Bosa's gone, Josh Allen's there. Fine. Couldn't you then try to get him at six? And if that's the, the Bucks, trade down and say, here, go get your quarterback and rebuild. We'll take Mike Evans. Well, no, because if you look at it, all right, so like, all right, say the Jets pick third, right? Mm -hmm. Right, so then Bosa goes one, then Quinn and Williams will go two, or like Ed Oliver will go two, one of those two guys. And then you have either Quinn and Williams or, or Josh Allen you could take. Um, Oakland Raiders, Detroit Lions, right? Mm -hmm. they, need, they need rushers. They need, they, need, they need to get to the quarterback. Um, and maybe the Lions won't take a D-tackle now that they have Damon Harrison. You know, they got snacks right. uh, in that bizarre trade deadline for the Lions where they got rid of Golden Tate and then acquired snacks. Um, but, like, the Raiders, I mean, they traded Cleo Mack. They need pass rushers. So who, the, whoever they're gonna, whoever is there, they're taking. Um, and then, I mean, the Bucks, they could use guys. Like, there are teams behind them that could use these guys. Um, so, I mean, you could take a risk and maybe trade down to try and get Josh Allen, but you'd risk mainly the Raiders trying to snag them from you. That's fair. I still would rather – I'm trying to get creative with how the Jets can get a number one wide receiver that they can pair with Robbie Anderson and Chris Herndon and like still a DK, have a top like six Like an A.J. Brown or a D.K. Metcalf? Uh, Two Ole Miss wide receivers? Oh, okay. You know you know the prospects way better than I do. I, well, I mean, they're, Ole Miss has like arguably the two best wide receivers – in the entire country. Um, I mean, there's Nikhil uh, Harry uh, from Arizona State. Hold on. I think it's... But my point is, like, Mike Evans could be available if you go to the, the Bucks, is what I'm saying. Like, if you wanted to trade down to the Bucks and say, give us the six pick and Mike Evans, we'll give you the two pick because we already have our quarterback and you look like you're headed toward a rebuild. Yeah. No, no, you're right. I mean, like that's where I'm headed with this. Like, what it, it would probably only take the two pick and Mike Evans. The problem, I actually, when you really break it down, is that if the Bucks are trading up for a quarterback, they're gonna want to pair him with Mike Evans. They're not gonna want to just throw a quarterback into a system that doesn't have any weapons. So, 
I guess you're going to have to look elsewhere. Who um, are they trading up for? Dwayne Haskins? Like Justin Herbert declared that he's Right, that's what I'm saying. Haskins. Listen, the Jesus Bears Christ, traded up one pick. Somebody is going to trade up for Dwayne Haskins. Jesse? Jesse. I am going to laugh my ass off. Uh, uh, we are in a world where the Bears traded up one spot and multiple picks to get Mitch Trubisky. The quarterback is the most valuable position. The quarterback on a rookie contract is the most valuable thing in sports, in the NFL. Might, like, maybe sports, too. Yeah, I mean, oh. I would say Steph Curry on a four-year, $40 million contract is the most valuable thing I've ever seen in sports. Yeah, that's true. Back-to-back unit, back-to-back MVP, and the guy that made it possible for you to get Kevin Durant because Steph Curry was making less than Andre Iguodala. All right, well, we're getting off topic. But right, yes, but, but I'm saying as far as value goes, um, that number – the Jets are going to have a top three pick. I am confident in saying that. The Patriots are going to win on Sunday. Shout out. Like, like we're not going to break down the game as as quick are as I Are they going to win? Yes. Are they? As Why? quick as – because, Jesse, Belichick hate. okay, okay, okay. Here's the spin zone. Here's the only way I think the Jets will win. It's because Belichick hates the Jets, and if he has a chance to screw them, what he will do is rest his guys because he knows he'll screw their like the maniacal genius. No, he would never. He would never pass up a first round buy for that, though. That's my point. Is as a result, plus the Patriots' B playbook could beat the Jets. Their B playbook beat the Bills last week. Their B team beat the Jets earlier in the season, but I exactly think exactly my point. Donald, Sam Darnold's finally arrived. No, and Sam Donald's arrived against a mediocre Packers team that's underachieved all season. And he played great against the Texans too, who have who that and that is a legitimate team. Fair, that is fair. Short and he week, also played fair. well against the a, a legitimate Bills defense. You know, he's I, I I will not chalk up what we just watched the past three weeks as mm-hmm. just some like random occurrence. No, that was a real quarterback making real throws. Playing against solid teams, I don't care if the Packers are five eight and one or six eight and one. They still have Aaron Rodgers, right? And the, the Houston Texans have a ten win team, and they're awesome. And the Jets had a chance to win in both of those games, and they also should have. Uh, they beat the Bills. I don't even remember if they beat the they Bills. They beat at this the point. Bills. That's good. Yeah, that's Donald's beat, first win. Yeah, and they it wasn't his first one. First it was his first game winning drive is what I'm saying. Yeah, and that was really impressive too. I don't care what anybody says, but those three these past three weeks, he's been. Unbelievable! All right, and I'm not. I'm, I I take everything that Pro Football Focus does with a grain of salt. Like they're naming him like the best quarterback in the NFL over the last three weeks. Let's pump the brakes there. Um, maybe like by your metrics he has been, but obviously he's still like he's he's still a rookie. He's still learning, but he's definitely taken a step since he's come back from injury. Yes. And he even said himself, sitting out for those four weeks and being able to watch Josh McCown in his process really slowed things down for him and able got him it was it was probably the best thing that ever happened to him and will ever happen to him in his career um Jesse, so i'm not arguing that donald has been great the past three weeks i'm saying he hasn't played bill belichick i'm just saying he has he's played him once already i'm no, just saying no josh mccown started that game all right that's true you're right <laughs> that's I'm what just i'm saying. saying he's never played belichick he's going into foxborough and this is a he's game the patriots played- need because their 41 year old quarterback needs a bye he just balled out against Aaron Rodgers. No, so. he didn't. He balled out against the Packers' defense. Uh, it's Aaron Rodgers. No, team. Aaron Rodgers plays offense. He went head to head with he Aaron Rodgers. He went head to head with a very mediocre Packers' defense. 
Kirk and Cousins torched well. that team. All right. Let me be excited, okay? I'm excited, Let me too. Be excited. I also know what happens when my rookie quarterback plays the Patriots. I I think that he is he 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 looks a lot better than he has when he first started, and that mm. gives the Jets a chance. And I think that's all you can ask for when you're going into Foxborough is for a chance. There has been one time in my life where the Jets have needed a win against the Patriots. Oh no, excuse me, where the Patriots have needed a win, and they've played the Jets and lost. And it's that was the playoff game. Yeah, the divisional game. It's literally the one time in my life where the Patriots have need. Okay, like there's a game in 2002 with Pennington, but that was that was pre Brady aura that we have now. There has been one time since '03 that the Patriots have needed a victory, and they lost to the Jets. And I just, I get it. At this end of the day, that's still Todd Bowles. That's still that defense on the field. The Patriots are a win away Stick. from a bye. They stink. Do Jesse, I think they're one and done come playoffs. Don't get me wrong. I think they're going to lose to whoever plays them first. Having said that, they still are playing a 4-11 and team. And as a result, I think they're going to lose. The Jets are going to lose on Sunday. I think the Jets are going to play. I think this is going to be a close game. I think the Jets are going right. to they're going to put up points uh with the, with the Patriots and and for like uh, for some reason the Patriots last like 6 weeks like they have wins against the Jets, the Vikings, and the Bills, right? Mm-hmm. And they have losses against the Titans, I mean, Titans, the Dolphins, and the Steelers, uh, yeah. right? And all their losses are on the road, but it, this, it doesn't matter. They've looked putrid <laughs> the past they three weeks. Fine. They've okay, no, the last awful. three weeks they've looked bad. The Dolphin game, I'm like, are we just gonna say that they've looked putrid in a game that they lost on the most the miracle Dolphins. play I've ever yes. seen? It's the Dolphins. That was. Absolutely awful by them. They lost the game. The Dolphins didn't. It wasn't just a miracle. Yes, it was crazy that it happened. But it was also awful by the Patriots. Awful tackling. Awful everything. And they also let up a ton of points to the, to the Dolphins in, in the first place. Like you're you're playing against the Miami Dolphins. You're Tom Brady. It's never made sense to me. But he's like one in six in his last seven games in Miami. Yeah, that, that is weird. That makes that is weird. That makes it, it makes absolutely no sense. Then you go and you play in Pittsburgh and you put up a dud and you own the Steelers. Mm. The Steelers are are the Tom Brady is the Steelers' daddy, and and they put up they put up a dud and then you only win by twelve like like twenty four to twelve against the Bills mm. and you look awful doing it like it's just so awful like Josh Allen. I think it's pretty clear Sam Darnold's a little further in his development than than Josh Allen is right now. Is that a fair statement to say? Based on the last three weeks, yes. All right, so I, I just think that Sam Darnold's going to put up a heck of a, a better fight, a heck of a more of a fight than than Josh Allen did last week. Now, the Bills' defense is better than the Jets' defense, you know, but I still think that the Jets are going to be able to put up more than 12, 12 points against this Patriots' defense. That is nothing I, special. I love your optimism, Jesse. I don't see... Any scenario other than the evil genius that Belichick can be, if he wants to stick it to the Jets and like make said, sure they I'm, get the five pick, I'm just I'm just making the argument for how they can win. I listen, I I get it. Yeah. I just again in my life, this it'd be one thing if this was Patriots Cardinals last week of the season because there's no emotional attachment there. Belichick loves to stick it to the Jets and. Like, embarrassing their rookie quarterback to end the season. It's also 
We're it's in a world where the last three years in a row, the Jets go to Foxborough late December and get blown out. I see that same thing playing out here. I don't see how yeah. the Jets hold the Patriots under 30 points. For the first time in a very long time, I, I like I'm, the Jets are playing the Patriots, and I'm just like, like not afraid of Tom Brady oh, God. at all. <laughs> I appreciate he's, it. I do appreciate what just, Darnold's done to your confidence level. No, I it's do. not. Dar- it's not just Darnold. Like mm-hmm. dude, the dude was my fantasy football quarterback this year. Like he was just not. He has not been that good this year. He, the guy is he hasn't the, been like, good the, in fantasy. They are. They did just win ten games though. He is the quietest 4,100 4, yards and twenty five. Yeah touchdowns I've ever seen in my life because like <laughs> they're not a passing team this year all he does is dink and dunk and it's all yak you know yeah I mean not for nothing that's been Brady the majority of the last four years but... no but Brady's been able to throw the ball downfield like Gronk is a shell of himself mm-hmm. Julian Edelman looks awful the only good player I've seen on their offense the past four or five weeks has been Sonny Michelle, and he hasn't even been healthy all those weeks. Right, and but they, they also had Amendola, and they had Deion Lewis, and Chris Hogan got more involved in the past, James and White, they were able James to— James White has been amazing this year. Yeah. Like, who cares about Deion Lewis when you have James White, who's been unbe- unbelievable? It's just—it's it's a different feel with this Patriots team. Even from a few weeks ago, they just don't feel like these titans like like of, of, of the NFL right now. I think you said. Well, listen. I think they're going to be one and done in the playoffs. I'm expecting a loss. But you're talking like you're expecting a win. (laughs) No, I'm expecting a loss. But but like this talk, like the the the, the Jets have no chance, and you're saying, oh, like the Jets haven't won a game against the Patriots when they needed when when the Patriots needed a win since 2003. Sure, throw all that out the window. All right, all right. I don't care about any of that stuff. As long as this kid is playing the way he's playing, I think the Jets have at least a sliver of a chance. Going into Foxborough and winning a game. I, I mean, will give you a sliver. How's that? I will yeah. give you a sliver. I think there's there's a chance that it could happen. When, when Josh McCown is a quarterback, there's negative chance that the Jets can win a game in Foxborough. When Sam Darnold's at the helm, uh, for the chemistry I've seen with him and Herndon and, and the way McGuire's been running recently, uh, and also with Robbie Anderson, the, the chemistry, I, I see there, there there is a path to victory. And I can't say that there was one three weeks ago or four weeks ago when they played them. Jesse, I love your optimism. I don't see it. That's all. Can you at least acknowledge there is a path? Um, yeah, but and there wasn't one last time they like, played. There's all yes, but there's also a like every there's a path every week to win a football game. No, there game. are certain I just, weeks. I think right. this path leads into a brick wall. Like the Patriots Never need to win this years. game. Never in a million years will the the Arizona Cardinals beat the Los Angeles Rams this weekend. It's just not going to happen. There's just too much of a talent discrepancy. Mm-hmm. It will not happen. And they want to get the number one overall seed. So they need to win and they need the Saints to lose, right? They're still playing for something. Never in a million years will I see that happening. But one in one of those million of years, <laughs> at least one, I can see the New York Jets going into Foxborough and – Given the Patriots a first-round playoff game. Okay. Uh, you heard I it here see, first, folks. I can see it happening. Will it happen? Probably not. The Jets will probably lose a close, heartbreaking game like they always do. I Sam Darnold will play great. I and they'll lose put by some like on this points. now. 
You want to bet me? Again? I you almost want to do I just know you're not going to do it. Like, at the end I, of the day. I probably am going to take the Jets and the points on oh, Sunday. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesse. Now he's putting money on this game. <laughs> I probably will take the Jets and the I points. I will take the Patriots plus 10. I, I don't see a way this is a close game. You'll take the G, wait, you'll take the Patriots plus ten. You mean minus ten? Minus ten, minus ten. You know how yeah. I don't. I don't know how to speak. The Jets generally. are plus thirteen and a half. I am absolutely taking plus thirteen and a half. I'll even put. The, I'm gonna put it on. I'm gonna do it right now. Even okay. I'll do it right after. But, but, right, let's wrap but, up. Let's wrap up. We've been talking about the same thing for ten points. minutes. The Jets can definitely cover this game. There's a significantly better chance they cover than they win. I'll tell you that much. I. I would not be shocked if this is 35-14. That is the last thing I will say about this game. I think the look, as a Jets fan who has Claudio, you'll come to my side once once Sunday is coming. Listen, up. if they win and it's like convincing, then they won't win. I will sing but a much different tune, admit they, I was it, wrong, and then you will admit you were wrong order when, my... it's close, when it's a close game and the Jets had an opportunity to win the game at one point, then you'll be like, All right, I was wrong. Yeah, but what is if they have a if it's a close game like if it's tied at halftime again but they lose by two touchdowns like that's no, not a close game that's it was close at they'll, they'll have a they'll have a chance to like tie it up like in like the late third or early fourth quarter at some point there's my prediction they'll they'll, they'll be in the game late in the game they will all right Jesse? this patriots team it's just it it, it doesn't have I, the same feel i agree I, I, but i I've also lived, think the I've jets with are 4 and 11 I've lived with Patriots fans. I've watched pretty much every single Patriots uh-huh. game the past five years. All right. As have I. They, they just don't feel the same to me. So, I agree. They are going reason, to lose. They're, they're going to be the 11 and 5, which is their worst record since 2007, uh, since 2009. At the same time, it's still an 11 5 team facing what's going to be a 4 and 12 team. It's not a good, it's not a very good 11 and 5 team, I'll tell you that. All right. We'll see. Uh, this has been the Jets' dream. I don't. I, I wanted to talk about whether how they get the one pick, and now I'm having to defend the Patriots. <laughs> and how we did talk about that for a little we bit. We did, we did, and now somehow the Jets are have a path to victory. And what there is, is a path. There is a path. There is a path. Okay, that, that <laughs> I was gonna make that the episode description, but even that's way too ridiculous. Uh. Jesse, you can find him on the internet at jfinversports12. I got that right? Jesse? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. jfinversports12. Uh, you can find me on the internet at claudio underscore gsn. Follow Gotham on Twitter at gothamsn and all our daily blogs, articles, and other podcasts at gothamsn.com. Uh, it's pretty quiet for us right now. I actually think Jesse and I are the only ones that did a pod this week. Christmas on a Tuesday really messes up everybody's schedules. So um, we'll be back next week with the first pot of 2019 and off a Jets loss that is for sure to happen. Um, a Jets loss, but a Jets cover. A Jets loss, and according to Jesse, I, I'm going to feel terrible for you when they lose by three touchdowns on Sunday. Dude, they're plus 600 right now. Uh, that is just... When it's 20, 21 it's nothing in the second down. quarter, I, I'm going to text you, are you okay? It's, uh, that's how Sunday's going to go. When, yeah, we'll see. When we'll Brady's see. thrown his third touchdown to Gronk, and it's 45-3 to three again. Jamal, you think Jamal Adams is going to let Gronk get off the line of scrimmage? The shell of Rob Gronkowski get off the line of scrimmage? I Listen, p- the Patriots have always found a way to do this to me. So I'm 
going in knowing that it's going to happen. So as a result, uh, yes, I think it's going to happen. Out of everybody on the Patriots, Didn't I am Gronk the least two afraid. touchdowns his last game against the Jets? I am the least afraid of Rob Gronkowski right now. By the way, 2003, the, the Roethlisberger, Eli, Phil Rivers draft. Yeah. The number one through four picks were all four win teams. Interesting. Yeah. I did a little research while you were telling me how the Jets will win on Sunday. <laughs> so, uh, all right, guys. This has been the Jet Stream. Uh, we'll be back next week. Enjoy the final weekend of football. Until next time, take care. Jesse, J-E-T-S. Jets, 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 baby.